you seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. And today we are going to take you on a journey within Spiritual Bypass. Spiritual Bypass is a concept that was uh, first coined in the 1980s and uh, essentially it's the when you're using spirituality to avoid dealing with all the crap we have in our luggage but it can also appear in other sides of society like politicians and power businesses and money so it's really being able to dig in and stop mucking out all that garbage from our past that is no longer serving us and then being able to bring the pure essence of who you are into physical manifestation and expression of your physical self and on this episode we've uh, assembled a live audience and we have a discussion with them and uh, we'll dive in to understand what spiritual bypass is how we can identify it and how we can uh, move away from it or deal with that shadow aspect of ourselves that is spiritual bypass. This is a major aspect that we deal with in our coaching workshops. So if this is something that you feel might be prevalent in your life, then uh, by all means feel free to contact us at uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, Take advantage of half an hour free consultation with us to explore how we might be able to assist you. But for now, I hope you'll enjoy this discussion. So let's get into it. Okay, so welcome everybody to today's discussion and presentation. And today we're talking about spiritual bypass. It's uh, it's something that is prevalent and a bit of a discussion at the moment, at least among people I know. So we'll find out if it's a broadly discussed as well um so we have a quote here from robert augustus masters his book spiritual bypassing when spiritual spirituality disconnects us from what really matters and he says when when transcendence of our personal history takes precedence over intimacy with our personal history spiritual bypassing is inevitable and to me the the uh, definition of spiritual bypass is really that when you're using spiritual beliefs and values to avoid dealing with unresolved and uncomfortable emotions, thus preventing one's personal growth. Now, I would like to add to that also uh, anything that it doesn't have to be spiritual. It could be anything that has to do with your, your, your perceived purpose in life. So, for example, where, where could we see it in society? So I've kind of put down uh, in religion, uh, you know, the, the crisis where there was in the uh, Catholic Church with all the child abuse cases, that would be spiritual bypassing. That would be categorized under that. Um, whereas, you know, you present yourself as a spiritual evolved person, but in actual fact, you are dealing with these kind of negative emotions and energies like um, 
uh, yeah, high t- or like big sexual urges, and you're dealing with uh, envy, uh, anger, bitterness, all of these things. But also, we can look at politics, for example. Politicians, a lot of times, they go into politics with high expectations on themselves, and they want to change things. But when they get into the corridors of power, they realize they need to do trading with their opponents or their their party affiliates to get things done. And at the, I think slowly but surely, a lot of people do get forget their purpose and why they were there in the first place. And that would be a type of uh, a quote unquote spiritual bypass, because now your purpose has been overshadowed by uh, the pragmatic approach to politics, uh, which is probably one of the, the reasons why we're seeing the challenges we are seeing today, uh, divisions and so forth. Um, and of course, we can look at some prominent uh, thought leaders or spiritual leaders in the world. Uh, so it's tricky to ascertain who's who's who. So I'm just going to kind of open up the floor to let anybody chime in in terms of, you know, how do we define spiritual bypass? Uh, are there any other categories that we should include in this? How else can we evolve and kind of develop on this concept? And then we can talk about, you know, how to spot it and how to um, how to get past it and so forth, or how to deal with it. So, all right, Barbie, go ahead. I just want to put out um, just a very easy access analogy, and that is the idiom of where we talk about sweeping things under the rug. Mm-hmm. So, if you sweep things under the rug, the dirt and the yuck it's still under the rug. And so at some point in time, you're gonna to have to deal with it. So that's the part about where I think that spiritual bypass can be so detrimental because a lot of times it's dealing with the issues in the moment as opposed to allowing them to accumulate and then feeling like you need to work on them later on. So by dealing with those issues in the, in, in the moment and confronting them, even though they might be unpleasant in the moment, there won't be a reason to have to do a spiritual bypass later because you've dealt with the emotions that are underneath it. But if you continue to bury it and bury it and bury it, and bury it, that's where they go into subconscious and that's where it turns into addictions for people, turns into maladaptive behavior, can become a psychiatric issue, et cetera. So it, in some ways, spiritual bypass to me is the difference between life or death because it actually makes a difference in the sense of where, you know, we, we wanna know why someone like Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber just blows up out of nowhere. He didn't blow up out of nowhere, but he pushed everything down to the point of where it it was no longer tenable for him to manage himself. So that's where we also, in a good society or a civil society, we also want people to handle their stuff so that they don't erupt into skirmishes of violence and other things like that. And that's challenging when we don't really have the support from society to do that. Yes. Yeah, what I was going to say is, is adding to what Barbie was just saying, um, when she used the analogy of sweeping things under the rug, it actually made me think of my marriage and, mm-hmm. uh, or my former marriage, I should say. <laughs> Where, <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you going to reveal something here to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's exactly what, what happened was, you know, things 
getting swept under the rug, swept under the rug, you know, acting like everything is, is okay until one day it gets to a point where, well, no, no, everything's not okay. And you've got this huge, huge amount of dirt that's uh, accumulated under the rug and needs to be dealt with. So just to, to Barbie's point, I, I think that it is so important that everybody deal with their shit. Absolutely. And, yeah, for sure. To that place. Uh, and I, I can share my story, um, which is where I experienced uh, spiritual bypass on a very high magnitude for my own uh, my own situation anyway uh, whereas you know I went through some challenges in 2016 which um, made me question a lot of things and uh, suddenly you know I started realizing things about the universe and um, getting into or doing starting to do healing doing Reiki and all these things and a lot of meditation and so the focus for me and kind of being fast-tracked i suppose in my spiritual evolution it became very much the focus of my existence but i it became so much the focus that i forgot to deal with the crap that got me there in the first place so so it was uh, you know, I had my divorce or my separation and obviously carried the luggage from everything leading up to that, but also the separation in itself. And I kind of sat down one day and started looking at myself thinking, well, am I really living these ideals or these ideas and concepts that I'm, that I'm out there talking about? And I really had to look at myself honestly and say no i'm not you know and and one of the questions because people say oh you know you need to heal this you need to heal that and i was like how do you do it <laughs> so i had to sit down and really focus my my uh, meditations and my uh, reflections on what does it take to actually develop and evolve as a person so as uh, you know you deal with your deal with your uh, no you have your spiritual involvement but then you also have your personal uh, growth and maturity that you develop at the same time carol go ahead uh, um i think about this in a in a i'm a, a long time practicing buddhist and i have seen there's been several large groups that have had uh, big scandals over the last decade. And um, as I've watched discussions within these groups, there's kind of a an idea of if you do not see the teacher as being perfect, that it means there's something wrong with you rather than their idea that there could be something wrong with the teacher. Mm -hmm. And so within discussions, it develops into this way that there's no way to question if you think there's something wrong going on within the group, it's almost like it becomes your problem rather than the problem of the group. And then things get suppressed until suddenly something really explosive happens and then kind of opens it up to the rest of the world looking at what's going on and the rest of the world comes in and says, this is crazy. How have you guys been living in this? cult-like experience for all this time and not realizing it so I think it it's um 
it's a way of not uh, thinking about the Catholic Church as well, a way of just not letting in any sunshine to kind of put light on what's really going on um, within a group or within a community. Well, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable to the fact that we are not perfect. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and revealing that to the world saying, you know what, I'm not perfect and that's okay. Yeah. As yeah. long as I'm working on it, I'm aware of it and it's something that I'm dealing with and taking, making progress on, then that's perfectly fine. Um, and yes, there are so many examples of, of this. And I, one thing that your, your, your story that kind of jogs my memory is when people go and choose a guru, a master, what have you, and not realizing that that guru master is not going, it's not end all be all. Mm -hmm. but that it's impermanent that you you are with that teacher and that person for a period of time whether that being a week two weeks two years 10 years 15 years whatever but that you then when it's time to leave that you cut the cord and you leave and i think a lot of times that's it's when that time comes and you don't leave then you you come up against those challenges right yeah it is a big challenge because you have to, it's courageous to look at yourself and say, you know what? I have these shadows. I have these things that I need to work with. Um, and it's easier to dive into your phone and scroll through Facebook or uh, in a lot of people's uh, cases to you know, dive into their spirituality, because as long as I'm spiritual, then I'm doing this work I'm supposed to be doing, not realizing that actually it's one one half of the work that they have to do. So in my, in my practice, I see my, my purpose to basically bring the pure essence of myself, which, you know, whether you want to call that a soul or just the, uh, you know, original self you know from the time you were born whatever you want to call it but to bring that into uh, physical manifestation in my experience uh, so as a newborn if you like there is that purity of intention there's purity of emotions etc etc and if i can bring that in to uh, through all these layers that I've collected throughout the the years I've been alive, which is almost 49, um, uh, then I can uh, then I can act with authenticity, and then I can act from my original self. Now, of course, some people might be more uh, strong and purposeful in their uh, the way they act outwards uh, some people might be more soft and gentle and those are personality traits but as long as you come with that kind of pure intention of compassion acceptance gratitude forgiveness um, then you you have joined up uh, your your pure essence with your physical experience if that makes sense so that's that's the take I I kind of use uh, or the, came to understand when I took started to take a look at it. But a lot of times, 
to do that, we need a jolt. You know, how do we get ourselves out of the ruts and the, the kind of, um, shall we say, the, the whirlwind of uh, spiritual bypass? You know, does it take that, you know, we hit uh, a crisis? I mean, there, there are plenty of these spiritually uh, spiritually evolved people out there during uh, at the beginning of covid that was spreading a lot of fear regarding conspiracy theories and what have you and that, that that's when i started really catching on to the the challenge and the uh, the problem in society with this um so it's um it is challenging and it's how do we yeah, how do we get people to realize they're doing it without actually being part of the problems ourselves? Because part of the challenge, I think, is uh, the is judgment. And I, I was talking to someone on here yesterday about that. <laughs> and uh, it's it's the um, if we realize that other people are doing spiritual bypass and we start judging them, then we start doing it ourselves. So how do we catch that with ourselves? Well, I don't know whether this uh, method works on every, everyone else, or uh, but I, I agree with Barbie, what she put in the chat, that question everything. And this is actually what I do on a daily basis. When I come up with great idea on Monday, I think it's a great idea, and I try to implement that in you know um, in my life. But then I wake up on Tuesday morning and I say, "Is that good idea? Have I thought about everything else? Like, is there?" And the same I do when it comes to judging people. Like, okay, what made that person be in that place in the first time? Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, I think that pretty much everyone on this group can agree that a Trump is like king of assholes. Um, but, you know, there were certain, I can look at him from a slightly different perspective because, because it makes me think, it, it, it makes me wonder what made him to be in that place in the first place. Like, we are just effects of the decisions that we made, that environment that we were raised, our genes, and everything is basically have the impact on who we are now. And, you know, uh, the fact that you are making decision that is good decision now, it doesn't mean that it's going to have the good consequences forever. So there is no point coming back and judging it. It's just, it is what it is. So, yeah, it's just basically coming back to the point. I think it's just questioning everything and it's just asking questions whether is it something that is relevant for me today? Is it relevant tomorrow? Yeah, and it's daring to question ourselves, ask ourselves questions. We're very quick to question everybody else. But how about questioning our own choices, like you say, Cal? You know, you make a choice on Monday, and then you make up, uh, wake up on Tuesday, and it's no longer the right choice. Are you then ready to relinquish your commitment to the choice you made on Monday on Tuesday, right? I think a lot of it also though has to do with the concept of truth and I think that especially in this last year for everyone internationally watching discussions and conversations that ended up being like non-factual I think that when you have a 
a good relationship with what the truth is for yourself. You hold yourself to a high standard and you won't let anything but the truth come through. But then, you see, but then you see that many other people, especially people that are paid to come out cross and give out news. I mean, there's the famous thing in Britain, the whole keep calm and carry on. I mean, keep calm and carry on is like the poster for spiritual bypass. Well, mm -hmm. you know, like double-decker buses or, you know, dropping into holes the bombs just made in London and, you know, Blitzkrieg and all that kind of stuff. It's like, those were, you know, things that people had to deal with because of the fact that it was wartime. But it's still, when you have people de facto getting to the point, like administrators and corporations and different world leaders, where it's like almost like they feel like it's their job to be the bringers of truth of, and by the way, we're going to be shedding 500,000 jobs, but I just got a bonus of 10 million for my portfolio as the CEO. It's, it's that kind of stuff of where we see all of this happening around us of where people become almost like professional liars. So that's the part about where I think you have to go back into yourself and really ask yourself, okay, what is my truth? What is my truth as to how I see it? And what do I choose to be able to interact and participate with? And by being able to use your intuition, you're always questioning the information that you're getting. You're sifting it through all of these different channels to be able to make sure that it resonates with you. And if it doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't have to. But what you're talking about with like what you decided on Monday and then on Tuesday that you've made a decision. I know we've also talked about the Mayberry rules and there's also that you're impeccable with your word and you do all that you've agreed to do. So if you then know that on Monday you made an agreement for Wednesday and then you fulfilled that agreement on Wednesday, you don't have anything else that you kept your word to on Thursday. So you can change your mind on Thursday. <laughs> if that makes sense. But yeah. it's still, you know, it's, it's, but it's holding yourself to a higher standard knowing that nobody else is holding you to a higher standard, but yourself and whatever your spiritual principles are. Cause I know for me, my whole thing is that I'm here to serve the light. And so that's always what my focus is on is how can I serve the light and how can I make sure that I'm as pure in my intention and in my energy as I possibly can, because then I'm manifesting people back that are also resonating at that same frequency. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there are situations where it sneaks up on us and people that are not acting in alignment with quote unquote, the light, you then, uh, people then tend to go, well, they're not as good as I am. And it's that then it kind of sneaks in little by little, this, uh, you know, the, the judgment, um, and I'm not saying that you're doing that, Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that it it does sneak sneak uh, does see, sneaks up, uh, sneaks up on you in that respect. That little by little it starts to kind of murky the waters, if you like. And to me, I think good rule of thumb, and we've talked about this before, is looking at how do you speak, what do you think, and how do you act. And always use the uh, the filters with the you know is it true is it kind is it helpful mm -hmm. uh, with yourself as well as uh, you acting outwards. Uh, so, and I talked to someone here yesterday about this as well that whenever you're triggered, and this is 
a good opportunity. I mean, when I speak to my clients about this, I and they we talk about triggers. I say, whenever you get triggered, say thank you, be grateful, because now you have a wonderful, perfect opportunity to deal with some of this crap. Because it shows up to you and you can't ignore it. So someone cuts you off on the highway and you just feel this anger welling up in you. Like, how dare they? You know, the indignation. It's a perfect opportunity to look at yourself and say, why did I react that way? And if you ignore it and you say, well, uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual person and they shouldn't do that to me. But, you know, it's then, then that's, you, you start to ignore what happened to you and you, you start looking at things. Why are things happening to me again? As opposed to why are things happening for me? Looking True, for but, me. What, but what you're saying though, is that ultimately some people will then state that somehow because they're spiritual, that they're better than other people. And ultimately yeah. I totally agree with you that you're not. Just because you're oh. spiritual and you're on a different path does not mean that you're better than anybody. And I think that when you look at that, and I know I speak a lot to presence that, you know, every soul that you're dealing with is an individual, but it's also deciding the people that you see that are the professional liars. Do you choose to interact with them or not? But it's not differentiating yourself that somehow that because you're on this path, you're, you're better than other people. So I think that's an, that right there is a spiritual bypass of we're all soul. We're all having our own journey, et cetera. And we just choose as to who we want to interact with. Yeah, no, that, that is so true. Uh, hi, everybody. So I have something to add here. Mm -hmm. I follow Nichiren Buddhism from past two years, and it has changed my life. Um, and I just want to share an insight of how it helped me. Probably it can help all the others, you know, who are listening, um, who, who all are listening to each other here. So the Nichiren Buddhism talks about a thing called the Buddhist philosophy of life. And it talks about the 10 worlds. So I'm just going to go through about the 10 worlds that we all humans go through on our day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. These are the world of hell, the world of hungry spirits, the world of animals, the world of asuras, the world of human beings, the world of heavenly beings, the world of voice hearers, the world of cause awakened ones, and the world of bodhisattvas. And the last one is the world of Buddhas. So, um, so what it means is that we talk about pure land or we talk about heaven or hell, all of these things. Neither the pure land nor hell exist outside oneself. They both lie only within one's own heart. Mm -hmm. Awakened to this, one is called a Buddha. Deluded about it, one is called an ordinary person. All of us as human beings, as a single life, we all possess all these 10 worlds. This means that even if right now we may be experiencing the painful life state of hell, we can transform it into the supremely joyous life state of Buddhahood. So basically what, what it means is that we have to observe our own mind. We have to look at how we are in terms of uh, how we behave. Uh, anybody can, um, you know, rage us or anybody can trigger us like how you mentioned, Chris. We have to still observe our own mind. And when you observe your own mind, your acts get uh, in align with your mind. 
that's the truth when we look from time to time at a person's face we find him or her sometimes joyful sometimes enraged and sometimes calm at times greed appears in the person's face and at times foolishness appears at times even per- perversity appears rage is the world of hell greed is that of the hungry spirits foolishness is that of animals perversity is that of asuras joy is that of heaven and calmness is that of human beings thank you very much tibiata that's a profound thank you appreciate it carol thank you very much so yeah tibiata that was absolutely amazing thank you very much for sharing that absolutely fantastic and the one 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 things that i really want to really comment on what when barry was saying when a spiritual person is thinking that in terms of in the categories that that spiritual person is better than the others actually this is the great, greatest indication that they are actually omitting the spiritual bypass because if you are truly on the spiritual path you see everyone as the part of exactly. each other exactly you so got if, that if yes. if you, if you if you are on the path and you see I'm better because I meditate or I'm better because I'm Buddhist then okay it's is a great indication so, that yes yes that's very true so my practice actually teaches me that everyone is a buddha you have to find you have to find you have to tap into the buddha nature of the other person yeah and this Absolutely. is exactly uh it's not about that i'm encouraging people to practice nichiren buddhism here it's about how you start to take insight in your own about your own life and how you start to per, uh, you know perceive the truth or acknowledge the truth accept it at the same time and look for the same compassion behavior innocence truthfulness honesty in everybody else around you as well because the way you treat yourself is how you want um other person um you know is how you want to treat other person too this is what my practice also teaches me so so yeah this every time i have any question in my mind i go back to my practice and i look for the answers by just observing my own mind thank you dibyata uh branda yeah what i was going to say is um I think part of spiritual bypassing and this whole conversation is recognizing that everybody is on their own journey and needs to find their own truth in their in their own selves and we can definitely be the best version of our own selves have compassion and all of those things while also recognizing that everybody is on their own journey and continuing to show our own truth throughout as an example for other people. Yeah, true. Um and it comes down to acceptance, doesn't it? Um mm-hmm. uh, having the compassion for yourself and others to be able to accept that they're not going to be on the same path that you are. Yes. And we don't need to judge them for it. Exactly. Um so I know I harp on the uh, compassion acceptance gratitude forgiveness but it's it's what I've found in a way that works for me in terms of identifying when I start to go down that route of spiritual bypass because it it appears 
every single day there's an opportunity for you to veer off into that uh, in that direction so always having those checks and balances for yourself will allow you to check in and uh, you know check check those trickster <laughs> energies that will show up to uh, trick you to go down that route um, and there, there's always going to be people that that uh, are going to trigger you but they are there to give you an opportunity to see something within yourself okay so it is really about showing gratitude for uh, for the situation i know matt khan um, who he usually says you know if someone hits you you say thank you because it shows you it allows you to show your process um and in uh, psychotherapy we'll talk about a lot that a lot where as a therapist you check in with your own process to understand your own process uh, because you'll be dealing with clients that are of different ilk or you know different belief systems what have you and if you're not able to show up and understand your own process how you react to those uh, two different people then you need to be aware of that so it's a good technique to use as we approach other people and that way we can allow ourselves to avoid uh, the spiritual bypass is to understand our own process and how we how we get triggered that way we can um, avoid uh, avoid going down that route those are the key tenements of kind of spiritual bypass i think one thing i see a lot in shall we say the spiritual world if you have uh, healers and and um, mediums and teachers and what have you is what's prevalent to me in a way is a lot of time this um, judgment on uh, jealousy for example if quote unquote you surpass your master or teacher and they see you as competition that's one one uh, one prevalent thing i've seen um, quite a lot or when money becomes the primary objective of someone's practice it's not so much about the message and not so much about the passion anymore it becomes more about the uh, more about the uh, the money and the power that they can gain that's when people have really gone down a slippery slope and you'll see that if you pay attention to people's energies if they exist in that that space for a long time they will end up with a different kind of energy they'll have kind of a darkness around them because it, it really does eat you up from the inside uh, when you go down that route yeah i think that's also something of where um it is interesting because i watched almost 20 different prominent um spiritual teachers last year as you know and it's just really interesting to watch everybody's process and not to be in any kind of judgment of it, but just to observe it. And mm -hmm. it is also something that when the student surpasses the teacher, I think I would have been, I would have thought that 
those teachers would have been really excited about it, but a lot of times they weren't. Um, and I think that when you have the more influence that you have, the more that you also have to keep yourself humble in the sense of where you realize that you are the, the vehicle for the message, mm -hmm. you are the vehicle for the information coming forward through you. And I think that when you start to buy in that it's you, that's when you basically kind of lose your grip because then it becomes that cult of personality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, to me, when you have a message, it's really, really important to get out to humanity. Um, nobody needs to be worshiped. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for that. The, the worship part of it is completely unnecessary. So I think it's very important for the guru or the person to be very clear about that. I'm not here to be worshiped. I'm here to assist you in your own personal growth and journey. And when you state that and you put that in as part of your mission, you allow people to step back from that. There are always going to be people who have that feeling or they need to be able to have someone they give their power away to. But if you're telling those, those people that are following you, I'm not that, then you're also very clear as, as to what your intentions are. And that's just the part about where I think that maybe you do spiritual bypass when your life is at a small level, but then when it gets larger and larger, you still need to clean up all that dirt under the rug on a regular basis. And there might be even more dirt to be able to deal with. But as you continue to expand in that, that means that your message will come out and appear in a beautiful way. And it will, will still resonate with the people that need to hear it because they are in that filter. They're in that funnel of the purity. It's even more challenging as you gain notoriety because then suddenly you're in the pu public eye and now people are watching you uh, wrestle with th these concepts and dealing with the these kind of dark energies on your own but in the public eye you have to show up vulnerable in the public uh, which i think a lot of people find very challenging and that, it's that i think it's it's very seductive isn't it when you have people that are lifting you up to a high, uh, lifting you up to a pedestal. Um, and so now you have been lifted up to this pedestal and you're quote unquote looking down on these people. You have to climb down yourself, right? So I think a lot of spiritual leaders, teachers uh, that, that have uh, been treated that way been lifted up to that uh, level it's their responsibility to climb on down from the pedestal mm -hmm. um, and if they can't do that then they get further and further seduced by the allure of the the uh, worship right mm -hmm. um, that is probably one of the bigger problems or one of the bigger challenges is the when you when you keep getting lifted to the high heavens by people then to say you know or to have be humble but appreciative or gra uh, show gratitude with a humble heart not to say oh not me little me you know but still say yes i, I appreciate it and i recognize uh my position or my, my why i do but at the same time say, you know, I, the guru is really within you. So in, in my practice with my, uh, in my coaching, I, I tend to say I'm a guide, I'm not a coach. So I'm, I'm not there to tell you what to do. I'm just there to highlight the abilities you have within yourself to do it. Uh, because as uh, Divyata was saying before, everybody has the Buddha nature inside them. 
our journey is to find it. Uh, going into that that process is really if you if you don't go about doing that process and just look at the external and looking at how you are tying yourself to a coping mechanism to not go for the uh, in search of your buddha nature um, that that's also where you uh, end up doing a, sp a spiritual bypass but i think it's really important for because it becomes a personal relation uh, personal responsibility you can't walk up to someone and say hey listen you're doing spiritual bypass because if they were listening to that they would be doing the work already so i think we all have a responsibility to ourselves and the collective consciousness to really pay attention to ourselves every moment every day and just check in with our process and say listen how am i doing this like Barbie was saying before, question everything and just understand when we are on a slippery road and be honest about it. You know, be honest about it with other people and say, listen, the way I acted there was not okay. And I apologize for that. And I appreciate and I, I'm grateful for your patience with my journey. You know, it takes courage to show up vulnerable and Brene Brown describes this so beautifully in her talks and her books. Um, but show, showing up being, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with yourself and with others will then allow you to have a better perspective uh, of your own process and being able to see when you kind of are in, a, uh, in danger, if you like, of veering off the road <laughs> and uh, being um, the, the allure of uh, the kind of spiritual bypass because it is there is that allure like I was saying before the, the seduction of uh, guru worship I'm sure that is easy to fall into not I'm not in a position that where I'm in danger of that yet but you know, uh, hopefully someday I will have to face that. <laughs> it's really showing up and being courageous. And um... it is also that when we take the responsibility, when we take self-responsibility and accountability of everything that has happened with us, because life doesn't happen to anyone. It happens for you. It happens with you. It is always there to teach you a lesson and everything in, in life happens twice. Like it, there's a principle of duality. So um, as long as we are able to take that responsibility and as long as we're able to, um, able to, you know, um, be courageous enough to um, stand up for your own mess, to like clean up after your own mess, basically, that's what I want to say. So uh, we'll be fine. And yeah. um, it takes a lot of courage to actually do that, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Barbie. Well, I, I know that in the talk that I gave at the best you last week, I talked about the concept of that. You have to face it, you have to embrace it, and then you have to replace it. And ultimately, and then I know we had talked about adding the four tenets that you have spoken about with the forgiveness, acceptance, gratitude, and compassion. And having all those opportunities to be able to do that 
I think that you will never find yourself, no matter how much notoriety or no matter how much success that you have, if you always know that you have been blessed as the recipient of the gifts that then you get to disseminate and give out to other people, it's never about you. So if you always know that you are the conduit, you're co-creating with your guides, that you're literally allowing those, those gifts to be able to be given out en masse, as you said, it's the it's the awakening in the other person. So even if you have these amazing techniques that allow them to be able to get to a place that they've never gotten to before, it's still your gifts that came through to be able to assist them, to be able to have that activation within themselves. And I think that that's the most important thing to always consider, whether you have 100,000 people in front of you or one person in front of you. It's always like being in, in awe and feeling completely grateful that you have those gifts that you can share and that there are people who want them, but never ever allowing it to take over that, you know, oh, it's all about me because that's, that's again, the place where you lose. I think that is one of the things that actually brought me to understand my process. Uh, because when you do energy healing, for example, it's important to understand that you're, mere, you, you're simply the vehicle and you're, what you do is actually keeping your, your energy clean to allow to channel uh, the healing energy, if you like. And if you start going around saying, I am the world's number one healer, or I am, I can heal you doing this or that, then, then you are taking the power of the universe as your own. And you're actually falsely showing up saying it's all me it's all me you know uh, so absolutely barbie that is uh, one of those things that we also see is when when people show up and say this uh, message wouldn't exist if it wasn't for me you know <laughs> right so it's um, anything that comes through anybody is available to anybody to share. It's just that some people are tuned into the ideas or the concepts, and therefore it comes easier to them. And they can then they can choose to share it or not. If they choose not to share it, someone else will. Because the idea, if the idea exists in the universe, it will always seek to manifest. The same with the healing. If there's healing in the world that seeks, you know, it will always seek to manifest through someone. So it, that is it, very true, Chris. Very yeah, true. and it doesn't really matter who does it. Yeah, it's that it will be done. Uh, so I think when we see again going back talking about uh, you know prominent uh, healers or prominent. Uh, uh, religious leaders, what have you, if they point themselves out as the unique salvation or the unique healer or the unique something or the other, or number one, whatever it may be, then that's what, that's the first signal for me. And thank you for bringing that up, Barbie, because it's one thing I, <laughs> I forgot to put on my notes here, but it's really important to look at how people promote themselves. How do they speak? How do they act? They'll give you a clue as to what they think. And if they they think they are the best thing since sliced bread, 
then uh, probably time to run for the hills in terms of uh, choosing that person as your guru. Um, well, and that's, thank you so much for saying that because ultimately I've had people with marketing tell me like, I mean, I've helped this last year in 2020, I probably helped people manifest, I don't know, half a million dollars in, in just all sorts of stuff. And they were like, oh, you know, you need to tell people that you can help them manifest double their income and triple their income and all that other kind of stuff. And I said, absolutely not. I cannot guarantee any kind of results because I don't know where the person is karmically. I don't know where they are activated in that sense. I don't have any any right to be able to state that somehow I have this ability to be able to wave a magic wand and make someone's life a particular way. I can help them and facilitate their process. I can use my gifts to be able to help them uncover it so that they can have a different experience, but I'm not guaranteeing. And so anybody who tried to market me that way, I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to have flashy things that I can't back up and then have somebody say, oh, you didn't do the tripling of my income. But I also have about what you were saying about you can't state to people about the spiritual spiritual bypass, I know that in my client sessions, I definitely do pull the covers on people. Oh, if absolutely. I see that they go absolutely. with spiritual bypass, I'm like, oh, no, 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 we're not spiritually bypassing. We're coming back to this, et cetera. But those are people that have actually sought attention. They're doing sessions. They want the help. But kicking their ass is actually the most compassionate thing that you can do because it and helps them. Like you said, the jolt is actually very, very therapeutic and helpful. And a lot of people think it should be this whole kumbaya. Everything's lovely. And I'm just going to give you like, oh, you're so lovely and you're so wonderful. And it's like, no, I need to kick your ass to be able to help you to give you that jolt. And then you can see what you need to do. And from there they go off and they go, wow, this changed so much, but they had to have the jolt. So thank you for mentioning the jolt. The jolt is everything. It's so true, Barbie. Um, that, but it's it's the same with you know we see on TV these mediums that run around and telling the butcher in the shop that you know their father is talking to them. It's when you show up and you 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 don't have permission to share or you don't have permission to involve yourself in their karma or their karmic energy then you actually end up taking some of their karma on for yourself. So it's, that's why I mean with that, we can't run around and uh, just tell people, you know, what they're doing wrong, because then we're not actually doing any better ourselves. Um, you know, if someone is doing something, then perhaps to, you know, ask permission, always ask permission. Don't just assume that you are because you know something. You know, I'm I'm a pretty intuitive person and I will pick up energies when I walk around and I talk to people. And sometimes I'm supposed to tell them, but then I always ask permission. Listen, I there is something I, I have a strong feeling about. Do you mind telling me? Uh, do you mind if I tell you? And sometimes I the intuition is that I'm not supposed to tell them. It's just something I know and that's it. But it's, as you, you say, Barbie, yes, the jolt is when you're working with someone, yes, you have to point it out. And it's, it's that kind of like, hey, let's pay attention to this. And oftentimes my clients, they're like, oh my God, I didn't even see that. It's like, well, no, that's why you have me. I'm here to look in your blind spots, help you look at uh, the territory behind you and what's coming up that you may not see. 
So that's part of the job as a coach, right? Yeah, this was a really great reminder to keep yourself grounded because it's so easy to get carried by the ego of knowing more and being more conscious, like I would say, or being more evolved or whatever. And yeah, very like seem to get like caught up in this whole ego stuff. So I think what, what my takeaway has been, you know, to not sort of have judgments and see things maybe as observations and leave it at that. Because mm -hmm. like Barbie also said that like all of us have our own journeys. And I think that's pretty much the whole essence of the, the greater, thanks Barbie, yeah. like the whole consciousness, like, you know, it's a whole part of the same essence, so yeah. Absolutely. No, very true, Sukun, thank you. So yeah, just uh, accept everybody for their parts and uh, be aware of your own process. Be aware of your own actions, words, and uh, thoughts and uh, allow it to pass through the filters. Is it, is it true? Is it kind? Is it uh, useful? And uh, yeah. I'm sure you will all do just fine. So thank Can you I make a suggestion for yes. you for this one? I would recommend that this particular podcast that you have, that you have a revisitation and that the people that are on here today, that you invite them back to basically talk about like, how did they apply it in their own lives and how did they kind of like reevaluate the things that they were doing and have that be something of where you can reassess in that sense because I think that would be lovely to be able to hear back from people's experiences because once you pointed this out you can't unpoint it out because it really really does start to permeate everything that you look at you start to reevaluate everything oh absolutely and that's what we do in these podcasts we poke the hornet's nest to get people to think <laughs> and uh to get people to take action and uh, start moving on these things. Absolutely. So that's a beautiful idea, Barbie. I will uh, make sure to put that in the, uh, in the group so people can uh, start paying attention to it and uh, we'll do a follow-up on it. So what did you think of that? Did that make you think? Did you recognize yourself? If that's the case, don't worry about it. The first step is to recognize that you are down that path and uh, to do something about it. We will end up there one day, one way or another at some point in our lives and we have to always reflect on our own uh, behaviors, you know, thoughts, words and actions and uh, make course corrections and that's perfectly fine. So don't beat yourself up, be kind to yourself, show yourself uh, compassion. And especially if you felt triggered by the episode, then uh, perhaps that's the most valuable indication that you have something to work on. And so be grateful for that trigger and observe where it's coming from. As I mentioned before, this, uh, these type of uh, discussions are prevalent in our uh, coaching workshops and uh, something we work frequently on. And uh, if you feel that we might be able to assist you on your journey, then feel free to contact us through the alchemyexperience.co.uk for a half an hour free consultation to see if uh, we might be the uh, place for you to uh, go uh, at this point in your journey to uh, find some guidance and some uh, assistance. And of course, on that website, you're also going to find other episodes of uh, the Alchemic Experience podcast, as well as meditation recordings. Uh, you find our blog and uh, 
information about our coaching workshops and our business consulting and coaching. So until next time, I hope you stay well and see you soon.